Can an Opportunity Zone marketplace connect communities, OZ project sponsors, and investors to advance capital deployment and community impact? Find out next. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast, the weekly show where we interview Opportunity Zones professionals and experts from fund managers to tax advisors, from real estate developers to venture capitalists. If it impacts Opportunity Zones or the Opportunity Funds industry, we cover it here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Atkinson. How can communities take advantage of Opportunity Zones to support and help the people who live there? One key is to showcase the community's Opportunity Zone assets, and helping to facilitate that endeavor is the Opportunity Exchange. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by three members of the Opportunity Exchange team, founder Peter Trug, as well as Leo Pena and Ayat Amin. The three of them join us from their office in Cleveland, Ohio. Peter, Leo, and Ayat, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Glad to have you guys here today. So, Peter, I'll turn to you first to get us going here. Can you tell us about the Opportunity Exchange? What would you like our listeners to know about your service? What is it exactly? And what's your mission? And who are your users? Yeah, happy to kick things off. And you know, thanks for inviting us on the show. We've been listeners of some of your past podcasts and are really excited to be part of what you're, part of what you're building here. So I'm happy to get things kicked off and describe a little bit about the Opportunity Exchange. As you mentioned in your intro, we're, we're based in Cleveland, Ohio. And our mission as a company is to um, help connect communities, real estate developers, business owners, investors, all of whom are interested in advancing impactful Opportunity Zone projects that really align with the needs of the various Opportunity Zone communities across the country. Um, we do that by working directly with cities, counties, and states to help them um, come proactively identify a pipeline of, of local opportunity zone projects, support those developers and business owners through the development process and, and market some of those exciting things going on in their community. We also work with real estate developers and business owners who have opportunity zone projects and are looking to get them seen and getting connected with investors across the country. Um, and we work with investors and funds who either are curious in exploring more and learning more about um, whether Opportunity Zone uh, investments might be the right fit for them, um, who, or who have actively raised capital and are looking for pipeline and, and looking to evaluate different projects across the country. So our role as a platform is helping to connect those different parties um, and looking to connect them in a way that leads to um, higher impact, really community-aligned investments across the board. Good. So a lot of different types of Opportunity Zones participants can use your marketplace there, it sounds like. Leo, I'll turn to you now if you can give us some of the numbers on your marketplace. I, I'm interested in knowing how many projects do you have listed currently? What is that total investment capacity? And what types of projects are you seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So on the project side, we have you know 439 total on the platform, out of which we had about 194 listed. So about 45% of our projects are public. Um, and of those public ones, we spent across 20 different states. Uh, and the total investment size is just under a billion, so 949 million uh, of total investment size there. And then the breakdown is pretty interesting. So of all the projects on the platform, 33% are land available for sale is, is one of the categories there uh, for OZ developments. 40% uh, are focused on real estate development. 
Um, and then 27% is active business, you know, seeking to raise capital. Okay, good. That was that was going to be my next question. If, is was if it was just for real estate or if it was also for business as well? Are you seeing an uptick in business listings, or is it is it too early to kind of identify that trend yet? Um, I would say it's a little early. I think we, depending on the community partners we work with, we'll see an uptick of one type of project or the other. Uh, and I think that's uh, very exemplary of the connections they have within their community. Uh, so sometimes one community partner will come on, and we'll have you know, five or six businesses come on as part of their projects listed um, and represent a higher percentage than they usually do. Gotcha. Good. Okay. Before we proceed with discussing the opportunity exchange a little bit more, I want to back up for a minute and get background on all of you. And Peter, maybe maybe you can start, you being the founder, if you could tell us a bit about how you got to where you are today and when you first became interested in Opportunity Zones and, and how did the three of you uh, come together at the Opportunity Exchange? Yeah, so my journey into this uh, kind of resulted from a, a dual interest that I had both in pursuing kind of uh, data and analytical uh, experiences in, in my professional background and also some of my previous work in community and economic development. So immediately before founding the Opportunity Exchange, I was working at a community and economic development nonprofit in Northeast Ohio uh, called the Fund for Our Economic Future. Um, and that was how I originally got connected to the Opportunity Zone incentive. I was working with cities and counties in the Northeast Ohio region um, to help select their zones and then begin to, you know, ponder and address some of the questions that we're talking about on the, on the podcast today. You know, how do we go about finding projects in our community? What should our strategy be for marketing um, our community and, and what's happening within it? What do we do about connecting with investors and how do we do all that activity in a way that really um, prioritizes community impact? You know, there was a ton of questions that places here in Northeast Ohio were asking and a lot of other parts of the country were asking as well. Um, but what was really exciting about it was that coupled with the, the enormous number of questions that were kind of immediately at play when the incentive was passed was there was a kind of an equal amount of energy about the potential for the program, um, both as a way to attract new investment into communities but also more generally as a way to um, bring together stakeholders across the community and economic development ecosystem to really start to build some new types of muscles when it comes to attracting private capital um, into different opportunity zone communities. And so it was that, that combination of, of a lot of open questions, um, a lot of similarity across places and the, the enormous amount of energy that was behind the incentive that uh, really inspired me to jump in um, with two feet. So late last year, quit my old job to, to launch the company. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been kind of a whirlwind since. We announced our first partnerships earlier this year um, in, in March, uh, working with groups like Opportunity CLE, uh, a, a partnership here in Cleveland, um, groups like Opportunity Alabama um, in Alabama, um, and have been growing since. And so... That was kind of the early trajectory of the company. And then as we started to grow, um, we brought Leo onto the team um, as we were starting to add some more partners and really starting to, to grow the network. Yeah, yeah, Leo and I out, if you can speak about how you got involved, uh, that would be good. Absolutely. So I've known Peter for a few years prior to, prior to this, just random Cleveland connections. Um, my previous work was in government and civic tech. So I'd been working in the election space for a few years, uh, particularly around providing um, uniform members of the military voting abroad, ability to vote, um, cast their ballot, uh, as well as online voter registration and voter registration software in general. So uh, I've always been focused on creating 
tech that enables cities and communities to work a lot better. Um, so I, after leaving my old job, I was looking what to do next and talked talk to Peter quite a few times before jumping on board. Uh, but I think some of the you know energy that Peter was describing was felt across Cleveland and Northeast Ohio as a whole and something that I had my, my finger in the pulse on and I wanted to be a part of it and knew that my previous experience and, and passion aligned very well with what we're doing here. Um, that's, that's how I came on board. My background's a little different from theirs. I was working as a AI programmer in California before this, and I didn't really like the impact that job was having. And I, that um, a little soul searching of my job eventually led me to the Venture for America program, um, which is how I find it's a program Leo is also a part of. Um, I didn't have any connections in Cleveland, but um, that's how I found out about this company here. And the more I learned about it, the more um, I learned about opportunity zones and this whole realm of economic development happening across the country. And I shared the same passion um, for it that Peter and Leo have. And I'm the newest member of the team, so very happy to be a part of it. Good. We're happy to have you on the podcast today. So you mentioned earlier the types of Opportunity Zone participants who are using your platform. Is it is it free for anyone to use your platform or do you charge a licensing fee for, for anyone in particular? Um, maybe one of you can, can speak to that. Yeah, sure. So right now, the, we have kind of three main types of users who use the platform. Um, you have cities, counties, and states who use the platform to uh, build their pipeline of OZ projects across their community, um, showcase that pipeline to the national network on the platform, um, and measure a lot of their activity. Uh, for those entities, uh, we charge just an annual licensing fee, um, like think a software licensing fee for use of the platform. The other two, the other two groups of folks who, who use the Opportunity Exchange, uh, you have uh, either real estate developers or business owners, think kind of OZ project sponsors. Um, you know, they use the platform either to, to you know, always list their project um, and use it as kind of one of their marketing channels and kind of investor outreach channels um, for some of the work that they do. Um, and in many cases, they do that in partnership with the communities that we work with, right? So for example, if you're a developer in Cleveland um, and you have a project, um, you know, submitting your project onto the Opportunity Exchange to be part of the Cleveland portfolio that we have is, an, is a way to kind of grow your reach, expand your audience and align some of your activity with the broader economic and community development activity that's going on across your community. That's the second group, uh, project sponsors, real estate developers, and business owners. The third group is then um, investors and funds, right? So thinking about kind of bringing all these parties together on a common platform is one of the core challenges around Opportunity Zone um, activities more generally is how do you connect the dots across all these different groups? Um, and so the third, the third key to the puzzle is this third group, uh, investors and funds, um, and thinking about, you know, for them using it as a way to uh, access pipeline, um, and uh, kind of aggregate listings and view listings of projects um, from across our, our network. Part of the benefit is, you know, given our partnerships with communities, um, the ability for, you know, investors, for example, we were on the phone with somebody from Maine the other week who's curious about opportunities across the southeastern United States and kind of the value of being able to, to understand, um, you know, in Atlanta, for example, through the partnership that we have with Invest Atlanta, um, you know, accessing and, and kind of viewing some of this real-time information about what's happening in the city from a project perspective and being able to approach that with a little bit more confidence, um, recognizing some of the partnerships that we have in place 
as part of the exciting stuff that we're seeing um, from the uh, kind of investors and funds side of the platform. Good. Yeah, it is a challenge to connect all those dots, as you said, but I think you guys are off to a great start so far. The, the Opportunity Exchange provides a mechanism, essentially, that can help cities and states to more proactively promote their Opportunity Zone assets, as, as you've alluded to. Ayat, I want to bring you back in now. How important is that to the ultimate success of Opportunity Zones that these cities and states become more proactive in, in how they promote their Opportunity Zones? Um, yeah, I'm happy to answer. Um, so at its core, the goal of the Opportunity Zone initiative is to help communities grow by bringing investment money in. Um, but the big question surrounding this initiative is what will that growth look like and who will benefit from it? And I think almost everyone wants the communities to benefit. Um, therefore, we'll see, um, we're already seeing um, the ability for communities to market themselves and promote impactful projects in their OZs. And as um, critically important to the ultimate success of how these, um, how the initiative will play out overall. Um, so helping communities um, market their projects nationally um, that align with their needs um, and bring attention to um, their communities really aligns with the core mission of the Opportunity Zone program. And this is a big thing that our, the Opportunity Exchange can really is meant to do. Um, but there's also more that you can do on the platform. It's more than just promotion. Um, and our vision as a company is to provide a tool that addresses some of the deep challenges that have limited capital flows to Opportunity Zone communities in the past. Um, one example is the challenge that smaller communities have with limited capacity to manage the activities happening in their community. Um, and we think a lot about how we as a company can provide scalable tools to help these communities overcome the legal and financial barriers to securing opportunity zone capital, or um, how we can think about how we can think differently about engaging communities, ensuring their input is adequate, adequately represented in the project development process. Um, so the opportunity zone is really a place for people to connect, but also for them to more easily manage and do the whole process. Okay, that's great. So can you can you tell me a little bit more about that? Can you walk me? through a case of a community partner using your website to help promote a location's Opportunity Zones assets. If I'm a partner in Cleveland, let's say, how do I use your site? What am I looking for exactly? And what am I doing with the information that I that I find there? Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can describe that flow for you. I think first off, defining a little bit better what a community partner is uh, for us, um, I think is important for, for those listening. And it really varies uh, as all cities and counties and states are very different ways of structuring themselves. Um, here in Cleveland, for example, it's it's a public partner private partnership. There's a few entities involved from the city, the county, the land bank, uh, nonprofits in the area. So um, you know, GCP to the EDA here in, in Cleveland. So it's um it's a very large initiative uh and and one bringing a lot of parties to the table. Uh in some of our other community partners, it might be a nonprofit leading, you know, the state level efforts. Uh or um, and some of our other partners, it might be the city's economic development agency taking lead and owning the process entirely. Uh, so when we refer to community partners, it's, it's the gamut of organizations that are taking charge for opportunity zones in that community. Um, but yeah, happy, happy to describe the flow here in Cleveland. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very good example of how our platform helps them organize uh, and present their projects. So um, Initially, their process is describing, hey, this is what Opportunity Cleveland is. So describe their initiative. They, they establish their presence. 
uh, locally and, and subsequently to a national level. Uh, so describing the zones here in, in the city and, and the county, uh, describing what parties are involved in, in the initiative uh, and just describing you know, how they're approaching gathering projects, how they're approaching selecting and publishing projects. Uh, so they come to our platform, they put all that information, describe themselves, link to all the reference materials, their prospectus, um, and then are able to call for projects. So most of our community partners do what we call a call for projects, where they'll share it across their media channels and say, hey, you know, you have an idea, you have a real estate development, you have a local business um, that might qualify for opportunities on capital or are you interested in learning more. So, so they, they put the reach fairly broad. And I think that's really important and how we've seen the most success so far um, to, in, to have an intake of those projects. Uh, we provide our community partners the tools to gather that information. So in Cleveland, uh, it's, a, it's a link to a project intake form here that we have on our site. Uh, allows them to understand, okay, this is where is it located, who's sponsoring the project, um, you know, what type of what type of project it is. So uh, earlier we mentioned, is it is it a land that's for sale? Uh, is it you know a development project? So a local business, uh, and that helps orient the questions that are asked afterwards. So um, in that project intake intake process, we'll ask um, you know more information on the site details or more information on the capital stack or proposed capital stack for the project. Um, so then on the Opportunity Cleveland side, they'll receive this information. It allows them to scale their efforts because to gather you know, project information, it's as easy as sending a very walkable survey. Uh, and I would say it's a little bit more complex than that, but it allows them to, to easily gather that information. And then they get together as a group. So they have a few different committees here that walk through uh, different aspects of the initiative, one specifically for projects. So they'll get together, review the information gathered on the Opportunity Exchange, and decide, okay, let's get more information from this project sponsor or based on our criteria that we share of being able to publish a project, we'll publish it. Uh, once our project is published, it is viewable to uh, all investors on the Opportunity Exchange, other community partners, uh, other project sponsors, um, and it goes on that community's portal. So from, from that process, you know, they'll go through intake projects, review and publish, and it makes the management a lot easier. So we have tons of parties collaborating on the platform and being able to understand what do projects in my community look like and how can I expand that reach or what does that reach look like so far? So. Good. Okay. I think I have a better understanding now. And so if, if you're a developer and you're, and you're, and you want to publish your project to the site, it doesn't just automatically publish. It has to go through some sort of a vetting process. If, is, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, that's right. So here our partners in, in Cleveland would have to review your project, get in contact with you uh, and feel comfortable with that information before publishing that project. If we have a community partner in your you know, geography, right? So in the, in the County of Cuyahoga here, um, our community partners review your project prior to publishing it on their portal. Um, so in that sense, there's a review process of the project details prior to being associated with one of our community partners. Well, that's good. So it, it, your marketplace essentially is like is very uh, community driven. I think that's that's great to get the local community involved um, from the get go and make sure that they vet the projects and that they're aware of the projects too. I think that's part of what your platform brings is is awareness of certain projects to community developers that may or may not have had the opportunity to know about it otherwise. To shift gears now a little bit, I want to talk to the real estate developers listening from from their perspective, if, if I'm a real estate developer, let's say, and I'm looking for opportunity zone capital 
or I'm looking for that support from my community partners in the local economic development office, let's say, what are your tips for me to promote my project so that I can get attention of investors and those community partners? Yeah, I think if you're looking at it from that lens, a big part of it is transparency, I think, and sharing with your local community partners. Uh, I don't know, that's always uh, the first initiative, first inclination to say, hey, I have this project, reach out to the city, uh, reach out to your local economic development agency. Uh, but as we're seeing with quite a bit of our community partners, a lot of investors and funds are reaching out directly to cities um, or counties or states to get that information. Reason being, not everyone's familiar you know, with, with Cleveland, for example, um, and what the landscape looks like. And oftentimes, information is being passed via your local EDA, your local you know, public-private partnership taking lead. Uh, and I think sharing that information, understanding how you can best align that community adds another person championing, you know, hopefully what's a very good effort of development in your community. Uh, so I think that's that's a big, um, you know, tip from us. I think if you haven't aligned or, or had a conversation with the community uh, partners or, or, you know, uh, local, local city, uh, I would suggest it. Um, I think it's also important to, you know, clearly describe how they aligned with uh, the interests of the community. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of ways to find information on uh, how that neighborhood or how that community is, is looking at their development going forward. Uh, and I think with this initiative particularly, that draws a lot of attention from the capital out there, right? Uh, I think that draws a lot of attention. If we're looking exclusively from a, from a capital perspective, I think that's one of the things that gets more eyes on your project. Uh, we've definitely seen it within our platform and outside our platform. Uh, and I mean, to add a little, little plug here, it's pretty easy uh, to list a project on our platform. Uh, and I think going through those questions is a great exercise. Um, the reason why, why I make that plug is a great exercise to understand how to showcase your project. Um, a lot of the things that we ask are, have, have been worked with with investors and funds and, and other community partners to understand what are the questions that give the best glimpse and best under, understanding of whether this project will be successful and attractive to capital. Uh, so that's something to check out as well. Good. No, I think that those are all good tips. And that's a good point you make. I think just going through your project submission application uh, form, intake form, so to speak, you guys have already figured out the questions that community partners and investors want to know. I think that's that's great. So if, you, if you're a real estate developer and you know the answers to the questions that the Opportunity Zone that the opportunity exchange is asking you, then you've got a leg up a little bit and you're kind of on the right track already. So make sure you can answer those questions. I think that's a good, that's a good point there. Uh, so we've talked about from a, from a community partner perspective, we've talked about using your site from a real estate developer's perspective or, or a business owner's perspective. What about from an investor's perspective? You, I'm sure you have opportunity funds and maybe individual investors looking through your site, kind of perusing the different, projects, uh, the deals in the pipeline there, how, how are they using your site? Can you go into that? Let's explain that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's a very interesting dynamic as a, as a marketplace, right? To see the interest of, of all of these different actors. Uh, and I think that to Peter's point originally how we started this, this was the focus, right? Um, and I think as we've done a lot more research on, you know, who are the investors looking at it? Uh, we realized there's a lot of people who are funds, sure. But there's also a lot of individual investors that I think opportunities in, in, in general have um, 
awaken. And I think it's a lot of local individual investors that do care a ton about their community. Uh, they might be local hot net worth individuals or, or you know, people with a decent amount of capital gains from selling a home or something related. And they realize, okay, it's a great opportunity for me to reinvest in my community. Um, so just a general profile of what we've learned here. Um, I think in terms of interactions, it's a lot of browsing projects and uh, it, we keep a tra- we keep track, transparently so, of a lot of this information. Uh, and it's interesting to see the trends of, I come in to look at a project in Atlanta um, because I, I live here, but then I look at projects in Cleveland and reach out because I'm also looking at you know historic tax credits on top of opportunity zones. Um, so it's interesting to see those uh, you know connections being made on a platform that that wouldn't otherwise. So um, I think having that beats geography a little bit. Um, I think what we've seen is a lot of individual investor interest. Um, and the reason I highlight this is uh, it's hard to invest as an individual investor without a fund. Uh, you need that vehicle to put in the capital. So um, from our side, that's some of the conversations we've also had with funds is understanding, okay, we have a lot of uh, individual interest. How do we align that with funds? And it's something that we've been thinking about pretty deeply over the past few months and having conversations with funds on how to best match that. And that's a pilot we'll be running soon um, is how to best connect those individual investors with local interest or be a more national specific interest uh, with funds. So I think that's something pretty exciting from our part is being a facilitator of connections just on the capital side now. No, oh, good. That, that sounds, that sounds interesting. Let me know when, uh, when you get that up and running there, when you get that launch. Um, so you mentioned, the ability to see whether or not a product is uh, HTC eligible. Are you, so are you collecting that information on on the different types of tax benefits that that a project may be eligible for, whether it's HTC or LIHTC or uh, new markets tax credit? Is, is that is that a question you ask, or is that just information that certain projects are, are volunteering? Uh, it's both. So we ask um, a lot of projects will volunteer in their project description uh, if they're trying to you know present themselves with every single. Uh, program they they qualify for, but it's also it's also one of our questions on the intake form, and additionally it's a question we ask our investors, right? So um, on top of asking you know where where are you interested in uh, a few assets or what kind are you looking for, we also ask about what credits or other programs they're targeting uh, to to better align that matching of projects or selection of projects. So good, yeah, I think that's smart to do. The uh, having the ability to stack multiple benefits is always a plus for for the real estate developers that are able to do so. And you also mentioned that you're you're collecting a lot of data on your platform. So that kind of moves me into my next question here. Currently, Treasury and the IRS have no reporting requirement for qualified opportunity funds. Uh, but as I mentioned, you guys are collecting data on these projects. Uh, so I, I can imagine that uh, you may be able to do some reporting on your own voluntarily. Can you discuss how you intend to track the impact in Opportunity Zones? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to answer that. And Jimmy, I think this is one of the kind of founding principles of the Opportunity Exchange was a recognition of exactly what you were just describing. But there's so much that can be learned from the collection of data, whether that be project level information about what types of other uh, you know, tax incentives a project might qualify for, um, you know, whether that be data about a project's potential to deliver impact in the community or data about which types of projects attract attention from which types of investors. 
um, there's just a massive amount of opportunity for places who uh, are able to harness a lot of that information. But you know, given what you you outlined at the top, was uh, there's a kind of a lack of infrastructure to collect that information, um, at least at a federal level at the moment, um, with how the, the the incentive is set up. And so, from the very beginning, this has been something that we've been really focused on. Um, and it started with uh, a kind of a commitment, particularly around measuring the community impact and community benefit of the projects that our city, county, and state partners identify in their pipelines on the platform. So what that looks like for us is, um, you know, we were partners to some of the great work that the U.S. Impact Investing Alliance, the Beak Center did around developing their OZ framework um, and continue to stay involved with a lot of that work. Similarly, there's some really exciting work going on um, at the Urban Institute with some of our partners in Cleveland around thinking about how to measure impact at a project level um, for some of their projects uh, in Cleveland. And I think the summation of all that leads to yeah, this ability for the, the organizations and the, the community partners that are using the Opportunity Exchange, uh, the ability to not only, you know, quantify from a project level, great, you know, we have 35, 40, 100 projects on the Opportunity Exchange platform. The breakdown of project types uh, follows these dimensions. The total size of what that represents is, you know, X, Y, Z. There is kind of a whole number of, of basic project level information that, that our partners can track through the use of the platform. But it really then also expands into the ability to track some of those impact metrics as well. Things as simple as um, you know, job creation potential, the ability to create affordable housing units, things like that. But also um, kind of more robust measures of impact around um, the alignment with broader community and economic development strategy in, in a neighborhood or the kind of uh, ways in which a project might connect with um, accessible modes of transportation so that people who live there can have access to regional job centers. Um, there's a lot of things about a project's impact that uh, through the use of the Opportunity Exchange platform, we hope to kind of empower the communities that we work with to track and then act against. Um, the, so that was a lot about how we, we think about impact um, both at a project level um, as well as some of the community benefit dimensions of the work. I think the, the final piece around just kind of this, we've been talking a lot about the opportunity exchange as this connector uh, across these different parties. And I think the third piece of data um, and kind of reporting that we're, we're building into the platform is just understanding which projects are attracting attention. Um, what, what, does those, what do those projects look like? What are some common characteristics? How do we think about leveraging what we learn about what investor interests might be? Um, to think about how that can inform future strategy for some of our community partners, right? If we know that uh, investors are interested in projects that share certain characteristics, is there a way that we can integrate that into longer term strategies that our communities adopt in terms of how they think about for projects that are coming down the pipeline now, how they frame those on the platform, how they market those, how they help them kind of go through the development process. So I think this third bucket around kind of what attracts interest, which projects are particularly um, kind of flashy for investors on the platform and how do we then make that data available to the communities we work with so it, it can kind of inform their ongoing strategy would be maybe a third bucket that um, that's particularly interesting for us. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing that. I think it's crucial that we get some sort of reporting, uh, whether it be from the federal government at some point or the local communities or, or private third parties uh, such as yourself, some sort of impact reporting data i think is crucial to the to the success of the program so we, so we can see what this what this tax incentive is doing for 
the country and for these local communities as well. Yeah, you know, I think on that point, I think um, just to, to we're really open to working with other groups on these questions. I, I shared that it was kind of a founding principle of the company was to create a mechanism that can help fill this gap from a reporting perspective. Um, and, you know, we're talking with a bunch of universities or, you know, research institutions at the moment about, um, you know, how the information that we collect on the platform might be helpful to answer kind of these higher order questions about the um, way that the, that the Opportunity Zone incentive is impacting communities. What types of activity are we seeing? Um, and I guess we're just really open collaborators when it comes to thinking about how what we're learning um, can help answer some of these questions that we know you know, numerous people listening to this podcast and kind of everybody else involved in the Opportunity Zone space more generally, uh, questions that they're asking. So we're, we're happy to be partners and kind of collaborators and helping think through some of the, those efforts. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Peter and Leo and Ayat, thank you for taking the time today to uh, join me on the program. I appreciate it. Before we go, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and the Opportunity Exchange? Yeah, um, there are several places. If you're a real estate developer and you have a project, you, uh, we welcome you to come listed on our website. You can do that at theopportunityexchange.com. Um, and if you're a community partner we, um, and you're interested in working with us, um, we'd love to hear about what's happening in your community. Um, so, you, Or anyone for that matter, if you're working in Opportunity Zone space and just want to connect with us, you can contact us at hello at theopportunityexchange.com. Um, and the last thing you can do is follow us on Twitter. Um, we post things there all the time and we'd love to have more followers. Um, our handle is at O-P-P-T-Y exchange um, or opt, opti exchange. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, thank you for having us. We are happy to speak with you. Yeah, thanks a ton. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, guys. And for my listeners out there, I'll have show notes on the Opportunity Zones database website. You can find links to all the resources that Peter, Leo, Ayat, and I discussed on today's show. And you can find those show notes at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. Thanks again, guys. Great talking with you. Thank you. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit OpportunityDB.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting OpportunityDB.com slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode.